2: Welcome to Sunrise on this Christmas Eve with the countdown well and truly on to the big day. But it's going to be a Christmas like no other for millions of Sydney siders with new COVID restrictions in place for the next three days. So, from today until Boxing Day, Sydney's northern beaches have been split into two zones. The northern zone is the area north of the Narrabeen Bridge and east of the Baha'i Temple. It will essentially remain in lockdown. Restrictions south of the bridge, however, have eased for Christmas but will be reviewed on on the 27th. Now, people living in the northern zone are limited to five visitors. Those visitors must be from that same area. Residents are not allowed to leave that zone. In the southern zone, residents are allowed to host ten people in their homes and those people can come from anywhere in New South Wales. Now, if you live in this zone, however, you cannot leave the northern beaches. For the rest of Greater Sydney, household gatherings are limited to ten people. But kids Kids under 12 aren't included in that number. No more than 100 people can gather outside in a public place. Around the rest of the country, in Queensland, 50 people are allowed to gather inside a home. The ACT has no limit on household visitors. Up to 30 guests are allowed in Victoria, up to 50 in South Australia. And in Tasmania, you're allowed 100 people, while no limits apply in WA and in the Northern Territory. Here's Matt.
3: Live now to our reporters, first to Miley Hogan, who is at the border of the two Northern Beaches zones. Uh, Miley, good morning to you. What's the reaction been like there to these new rules?
4: Matt good morning clearly a lot of disappointment here the restrictions have changed Christmas plans people have been cut off from their friends and families and they can't leave the northern beaches bubble but there has also been a lot of understanding and relief the modest changes to the restrictions has at least allowed uh, people to have a few friends over to celebrate Christmas day and people in this community are telling us that they believe it's the right thing to do to try and get on top of this outbreak now the northern beaches is split in two and those living in the northern end will spend christmas under the toughest uh, restrictions in the country they can have five people over for christmas day but those people must be from that zone for everyone else in the southern end the rules are a little more relaxed they can have 10 people over and those people can travel into the northern beaches from outside the bubble but residents inside the bubble cannot leave the northern beaches. Health authorities have justified that by saying the aim is to try and limit uh, people's movements across the state. They need to try to do that to try and contain this outbreak and also while they're still investigating how the virus entered the northern beaches in the first place. We still don't know how the virus got into the Avalon Cluster. We don't know how the virus got into the community and we want to make sure that there aren't strains or there aren't lines of community transmission that we haven't found yet. So the new rules start today and they will be in place until Boxing Day. On the 27th, everyone living north of the Narrabeen Bridge will revert to a tough, hard lockdown. Restrictions for those living south of the bridge will be revised. There are fresh concerns this morning, though, Matt, that there has been a breach in the aged care industry. A health care worker who takes uh, sick patients from the international airport to a health care facility has also been involved in transporting an aged care resident Uh, from Castle Hill to a healthcare facility and has since tested positive for COVID. Thankfully, that aged care resident has not returned a positive result at this stage, but they are in 14 days of mandatory isolation. Matt.
3: Okay, thank you, Molly. Well, now to Nathan Curry in Melbourne. Nathan, been a horrible year on so many fronts, but we have to really pause and celebrate the triumph of our scientists here. It feels good to say this. We're on track to get a vaccine in March.
5: We certainly are, Matt. It is all systems go, which is great news heading into Christmas. The federal government has signed deals with companies to distribute the vaccines, uh, but to also monitor the program and how it's going and also provide vaccine receipts. Speaking on Sunrise a little earlier, Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt says we are on track to have every Australian vaccinated by the end of next year
6: it's the response which we control and define and uh, that's what's protected Australia and that's what will continue to protect Australia. And we move ahead and we're uh, on track and ahead of schedule with the uh, the vaccine preparation.
5: Unfortunately, the Victorian and New South Wales border will not reopen completely in time for Christmas. So those in the New South Wales red zones are still not able to come into Victoria at this time. Hopefully from here on in, though, the process for anyone entering into Victoria is a little smoother. Hundreds of people that had came into the state this week received a text yesterday to say that they had been identified as close contact of someone that had tested positive for COVID-19. This, of course, turned out to be a giant mistake. So a lot of frustrated people there, but hopefully it means uh, they won't have to quarantine on Christmas Day, Matt.
3: Yeah, they'll be delighted to have Christmas back again after that scare. And now to Amanda Abate on the Gold Coast. Amanda, we're expecting more delays at the Queensland border today.
7: Yes, that's right, Matt. Uh, Police are saying to leave plenty of extra time if you are planning to enter Queensland today. Already we're seeing the traffic starting to build here at Griffith Street with just three entry points between the Gold Coast and Tweed. Uh, Very frustrating for border residents. Yesterday, some were waiting two to three hours to make their way into Queensland. Uh, Police will also be cracking down on border cheats. Uh, The superintendent has just told me 159 cars have been turned around here since the borders uh, were reinstated 1am. On Saturday, and all of this has also deepened the rift between the two premiers. Anastasia Palaszczuk hitting back at Gladys Berejiklian, who yesterday called on state leaders to show compassion and base border decision on facts. This was the Queensland premier's response. I think it's a bit rich for New South
4: Wales to start blaming Queensland and Victoria and whichever other state and territory she wants to blame. This has happened in New South Wales. It has happened in the Northern Beaches and we wish them all the very best, but we do not want our lifestyle
7: compromised at this point in time. Well, Queensland does have a lot to protect. In fact, 99 days of no community transmission. We'll find out later today if we've made it to 100. So certainly something the Premier would like to maintain, guys.
3: Absolutely. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, team. Uh, not sounding very festive there, uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk. Bit yes, but
2: how fantastic to get to almost 100 days. Really we'll we'll exci- find out today if it's 100 days. Well,
3: And really exciting news from uh, Greg Hunt this morning. He did hint uh, yeah. that we're going to see low case numbers today. So that, that is
2: great That's news. Great. Let's hope it can be lower than the eight from yesterday. Absolutely. Let's-
3: Well, Sydney is waking up to the first of three days of eased restrictions with the city split now into three separate zones in a bid to control the COVID-19 outbreak on the northern beaches, while still allowing some freedoms over Christmas. It comes as the government announces it's signed contracts now to roll out a vaccine from March with DHL and Lynn Fox enlisted to transport the jab. Really good news there. Joining me now is Health Minister Greg Hunt. Uh, Minister, a very good morning to you. Thank you for your time on a busy day. Uh, we're seeing restrictions ease in sydney uh, specifically for christmas it was a really difficult decision for authorities here it's such an emotional time for so many families Uh, do you think the right call has been made to ease slightly
6: i think this is a very balanced response from uh, new south wales and the uh, the premier it's still very difficult for families uh, particularly in uh, uh, the northern zone of uh, the peninsula as well as the, the broader northern beaches, but I think it's the right balance. We're seeing containment. Uh, we've had uh, excellent results from New South Wales with their testing, their tracing. Uh, we're likely to see record daily testing levels in New South Wales today, and I understand the case numbers are, uh, are low and contained. Doll will update. So, Strong results. Australia's doing incredibly well, but still difficult for families that are uh, in uh, in different stages of lockdown.
3: appreciate, Minister, you can't reveal, uh, of course, yet what, what the numbers m- might be today, but have you had any early warning that, you know, we're not looking at uh, potentially another explosion?
6: Uh, no, we have uh, indications uh, that... Uh The uh, numbers are likely to be low again today. Uh, We always have to wait for New South Wales to get their final figures through and then it's appropriate for them to release them. But uh, it's positive news. The level of testing reflects uh, both on the organisation within the Australian and New South Wales systems, but above all else, the partnership with the public, the way they've come out, as they did in Shepparton, as they did with the Parafield cluster in, uh, in South Australia, as Australians have done all of this year. This has been... You know, it's been our hardest year, I think, in many ways, since the Second World War. It's been our finest year. And I want to thank Australians for what they've done, say that the news on the vaccines is is very positive, we're ahead of schedule, Uh, we're in a strong position. All of these things are coming together. It will continue to be hard, but Australians have risen to it. We just need to look out for each other's mental health and emotional well-being but what a, an amazing year of national spirit.
3: Yeah, well said. Uh, it's been a phenomenal job uh, by the population broadly, but specifically the healthcare workers and everyone at the front line. Minister, could I just ask you quickly, just on uh, this latest outbreak in New South Wales, of course there'll be plenty of time to look at what went wrong, but uh, are you still uh, you know, going as, as feverishly as a lot of people are trying to get an answer for how this actually was exposed to the public in the first place? We still don't really have clarity on exactly what went wrong.
6: So there's uh, been very, very strong contact tracing. Uh, There's one element which uh, is still under investigation and that's what you might call the the link or the jump uh, from uh, international transmission to to the northern beaches. Uh, But we have, uh, I think, uh, what's been shown again to be arguably not just uh, the finest contact tracing system in Australia but potentially... Uh, one of, if not the finest contact tracing system in the world. We do know that with a disease that's seeing over 600,000 cases a day, in some cases 700,000 cases around the world, over 11,000 lives lost a day, that this is uh, an extraordinarily Mm. contagious disease. Uh, Whether it's a touch, a breath, a surface, there will be... Uh, transmission in Australia. We, our goal is zero community transmission, mm. but we have to prepare for the outbreaks and that's what we're seeing. And uh, so we know that, you know, whether it's in any state or territory, there'll be outbreaks. They're inevitable, but it's the response which we control and define and uh, that's what's protected Australia and that's what will continue to protect Australia. And we move ahead and we're uh, on track and ahead of schedule with the uh, the vaccine preparations. And I want to give thanks to our health workers, Mm. thanks uh, to our Australian people and say that uh, what you have done this year, uh, I think, is to elevate Australia to its strongest sense of community and its very best sense of self.
3: Minister, well said. Uh, Big thank you for your time this morning. Have a wonderful Christmas. Take care. Here's mine.
2: Thanks, Matt. Sydney Siders will celebrate a careful Christmas this year with temporarily eased restrictions in place over the festive season. New South Wales has ignored calls for a hard and fast lockdown. Masks also haven't been made mandatory. Instead, the state is asking people to do the right thing. So, will it be enough to stop the spread? Well, joining us now is infectious diseases expert Professor Robert Boy. Good morning to you, Professor. Thanks for being with us. Of course, COVID doesn't respect the the fact that it's Christmas Day, is this dangerous or do you like the balance?
8: I think we've got a, a, a really good balance between a, a careful compassion and an effective public health. Look at the numbers going down, look at the fact that we're testing over 40,000 a day and getting only a handful of positive cases. Uh, the Australian situation, and, and Sydney in particular, uh, is an example of superb, fast, effective response. And, uh, uh, you know, I think we can uh, enjoy a little bit extra for Christmas with children under 12 because they are unlikely to transmit. So it's it's a kind of... Um, uh, uh it's a kind of way of having your cake and eat it and Mm -hmm. not being at risk.
2: Yes, but there are certain other parts that have raised eyebrows. The fact that in the southern end of the northern beaches, people from outside that bubble are, are allowed in. I just want to ask you your opinion about what you would be comfortable with. What sort of numbers for how many days would you be comfortable with to then allow people back into the northern beaches?
8: Well, we we generally want uh, a a couple of weeks of of clear air. Um, I think the fact that some people are coming in uh, means that uh, it can be restricted to just a handful. If people were going out of the southern northern beaches, they could contact dozens of people in one day. So the contrast, again, is well thought out.
2: Mm, All right. Well, Professor Robert Boyd, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. The New South Wales government has slammed Sydney ciders who are continuing to give fake names and numbers at venues, accusing them of not taking the pandemic seriously. Names like Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse are appearing on entry records and hindering contact tracing efforts. Venues have been told to pay closer attention, and all businesses will be expected to use the Service New South Wales app by the new year. For more, we're joined now by New South Wales Customer Service Minister Victor Dominello. Good morning to you, Minister. Thanks for being with us just how prevalent is this how often are people putting in fake details
9: what's occurring enough for New South Wales Health to be concerned and that's why we're moving to a mandated system come 1 January where all businesses will be required to comply
2: part of the problem is it's often up to the person that goes into the venue to make sure that they do it does this mean that they have to put on extra staff to just make sure that people are actually using the QR code?
9: Well, what I'd encourage venues, and in particular higher risk venues such as hospitality, um, hairdressing salons and the like, is that before people go into the venue, they just see the tick of approval, then they can go about their business.
2: I know it's outrageous to think about it, but what if people don't have their mobile phone on them? What happens then? How do they check in?
9: Well, there'll be other systems available. The venue will be required to have a digital form available, so the venue could have a tablet, they could have their own phone. And and systems like this have already been rolled out in a mandated way in South Australia, and it seems to be working really well. Um, What I'd encourage your viewers to do is to actually download the app right now in the comfort of their home, rather than doing it in in a line outside a venue or a cafe.
2: So what kinds of penalties will be given to, to venues that are not using the QR codes correctly?
9: The same type of uh, penalties will apply, so $5,000 on the swap fines and closure for a week or up to a month. But more importantly, you know, the penalty is reputational risk for doing the wrong thing and letting the team down. Like we're all in this together, as the Premier said time and time again. If we all work together, we'll get through this.
2: Okay, now I just want to ask you, because you sit on the New South Wales COVID Cabinet, can you explain that decision to ease restrictions over Christmas, even though that we've heard from some epidemiologists, that it doesn't necessarily make sense from an outbreak management perspective? So this could potentially put us into a much longer lockdown.
9: Well, it's over Christmas, so this has been a really hard year for a lot of people in New South Wales. A lot of families want to be uh, with each other during this time. And as Kerry Chance said yesterday, this is about balancing risk and being compassionate for three days. Uh, But if we're compassionate and we're sensible about this, we can get through this period. So we decided during the crisis cabinet that we have to make sure that we respect the people of New South Wales to do the right thing, but equally be compassionate in our decision making.
2: Look, it's a very difficult balance that you're trying to strike there. Thank you so much, Victor Dominello. Thanks, Monique. Here's Matt.
3: Well, it's been a huge year for our Defence Force, who started off 2020 with unprecedented bushfires before being deployed to help the government battle the coronavirus pandemic. In Queensland, 352 troops helped out. More than 300 personnel were sent to New South Wales. More than 250 ADF members have supported Victoria, 136 in South Australia, 144 in WA. More than 100 went to Tassie and 97 troops were sent to the top end. Four went to Canberra. Joining me now is Lieutenant General John Fruin, Commander of the ADF COVID-19 Task Force. Uh, Lieutenant, a very good morning to you. Can I say on behalf of all Australians, just what a phenomenal job the ADF has done, uh, guiding us through and helping us through this pandemic this year. 2020 is so tough for, for so many. Your crews initially helped out with the bushfires, now this pandemic, um, th- this year just must have been uh, incredibly difficult for, for so many within the ADF.
1: Yeah, thanks. And I'd like to start by wishing uh, you and all your viewers a, a very happy Christmas and hopefully a, a safe and peaceful New Year. Uh, it has been a massive year. Uh, those numbers that you just read out are the folks that we have out supporting the states and territories right now. Uh, But we've had more than 13,000 of our people rotate through the states and territories this year on COVID assist alone. Uh, And prior to that, immediately prior to that, we had more than eight and a half thousand people on bushfire assist. So uh, it's been a huge year for the ADF, but it's been a huge year for all of the first responders around the nation. Uh, And I want to throw my thanks to not only the ADF and our defence public servants, but all of the the state and territory first responders as well.
3: The ADF's really been, had to be quite agile, Lieutenant, you know, with some of these challenges that Australia has thrown up over the the last year. How have your personnel handled, uh, you know, juggling the various roles? I spent some time with the crews uh, on the ground in the bushfires last year, and uh, it was certainly a bit of a change of pace to what they're used to.
1: Yeah, look, I'm extremely proud of uh, everything uh, our defence people have done. It's shown their great professionalism and commitment and flexibility. We've done things this year that we never uh, imagined that we would be getting involved in. We have been in, uh, you know, factories producing masks. We've been in aged care facilities. We've been doing uh, contact tracing. We've been doing testing on the streets. Uh, But the young men and women of the ADF uh, and our defence public servants have really risen to the task. Um, But... It's, uh, it's what we do, uh, we're designed to sort of help out and to solve hard problems, and this has certainly been one of those.
3: You've certainly done that. It's been a, a wonderful year for the ADF. A big thank you for your time this morning, Lieutenant.
1: No worries, thank you, and thanks to all of our uh, families and friends who've supported us through the year as well.
3: Well, to answer all your questions, infectious diseases expert Professor Sanjaya Sananayaka joins us now. Uh, Professor, good to see you again. Uh, it's been a busy year for you uh, here with us on Sunrise. Uh, we've, we've really, really valued all your insights. Uh, we've got some questions uh, from our viewers. To New South Wales first. Where there's still a fair bit of confusion over the change in restrictions, Felicity lives in the southern part of the Northern Beaches and wants to know whether people from Greater Sydney can visit the area over the next three days.
10: Yes, so that's a good question Felicity and for the next three days people from Greater Sydney can visit the southern part of the Northern Beaches but the northern part of the northern beaches is off-limits.
2: Sanjay, this one is a really good question and it relates to literally thousands of people. Um, If you've been around someone who is required to quarantine but has not tested positive, what do you need to do?
10: Okay, so that question is asking what do you do if you are the contact of a close contact? Yes. So in the vast majority of cases, you just go about your normal business, day-to-day business. But of course, if you develop symptoms, then you should seek urgent testing and mention that you are a contact of a contact. Mm. It's a tricky one
3: that isn't and it? Of course, you and you things think if will you...
10: change of course if the contact becomes sick and becomes positive then yes. you become a close contact. Uh,
3: yeah course. got you okay. Yeah otherwise you'd have everyone in quarantine yeah. at all times yeah. it makes sense. Uh, Ainsley is also in Sydney uh, professor she wants to know if the visitor cap changes uh, if you're ga- to, to, with regards to gathering outdoors uh, also whether
10: it is safer to gather outside. So my understanding for Greater Sydney is that up to 100 people can gather outdoors in public places so reserves, public gardens, beaches etc. Now we know that people who are outdoors are probably 20 times more likely less likely to get covid than people who are indoors but it can still happen. So even though you've got that 100 cap don't necessarily try to reach it. And if you're a vulnerable person, you're an older person, you've got underlying health conditions, don't go or wear a mask.
2: Okay, Sanjaya, a question now without warning. This has come from a viewer, Ed. Ed wants to go for a walk with her brother who lives in the southern end. It's not that one. It's not Emma. In the southern end of the northern beaches. Is she able to do that in the next three days or do you have to stay in their home?
10: Right. So my understanding is that you can leave your home for certain reasons, uh, including exercise. So if you're walking outdoors, that Hmm. should be fine. Now, whether that can be done with her brother, I think will depend on whether the brother lives with her or not as well. Okay.
3: Uh a bit of a light-hearted one just to wrap on, um, Sanjay. Where do we stand on the sharing of food? Can you double dip a cracker into a Christmas <laughs> Oh, that's dip? a good one. No, look,
10: this is very serious because, of course, COVID can be found in saliva. So what I would hmm. suggest is that you go to the uh, dip <laughs> section, you take a big <laughs> lot of dip yourself, and you can double and triple dip as much oh, as you like. Oh, you're especially. suggesting on a your side dip? dip. Yeah. An individual. Just add your, yeah, your own dip. Like, right. create
2: your own dip.
10: The
3: Sanjaya side dip.
2: Yeah, well, Sanjaya Sen and I, we know that this is the pinnacle of your career, right in that last answer that you, <laughs> you were forced to give. You know, we dip. hit
3: you with the hard hitting questions, <laughs> yeah. Professor,
10: always. We
2: really appreciate it. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for being with us and, and throughout the year.
10: Oh, Merry Christmas to the two of you and to all our viewers. You
2: know, you've been invaluable. Thanks so much. Queensland police say that the message isn't quite sinking in that all travellers from New South Wales require a border declaration pass to enter the Sunshine State.
3: Queenslanders returning home and those living in New South Wales but outside the declared hotspots are not exempt from the ruling. Police say they've turned away a number of vehicles for failing to carry the required paperwork. And Queensland Police Chief Superintendent Mark Wheeler joins us now from the Queensland-New South Wales border. Uh, Chief Superintendent, a very big thank you for your time this morning. What's your advice to those people who are planning to cross that border in the coming days?
11: Good morning, Matt and Mon. Uh, Firstly, anyone who has been or will be in the state of New South Wales uh, since 1am on the 11th of December is required to get a border declaration pass. And if you're in a vehicle, that's a pass for every person within that vehicle. What we ask people to do is to go online and uh, become familiar with the requirements, Uh, get a border pass, display it on your windscreen if possible, Uh, Plan your journey accordingly to your own circumstances. For instance, if you have young children, be prepared for really lengthy delays and above everything else, please be patient. Secondly, uh, if you're in a COVID-19 hotspot of uh, Greater Sydney, you cannot enter Queensland via road. There's limited circumstances when you can come in. For instance, a returning Queensland resident uh, from Greater Sydney. However, the only way in is via air. Uh, You then have to go into government-mandated quarantine at your own expense for 14 days.
2: Mark, do you think that people are genuinely confused? They're not trying to skirt around the rules, they're just not quite sure?
11: Mon, well, there's a combination. Uh, we've had uh, over 379,000 border declaration passes applied for since we reactivated the system. Uh, the people living in the border resident areas of Coolangatta and, and, and of course the Tweed Heads in the northern uh, coast area, uh, they're very familiar with the process. Uh, So we do see uh, some people a little bit confused but if we work with them on the side of the road and we do help them through, it's where people who uh, do those blatant breaches and try to game the system, uh, that's what frustrates and disappoints police. And they're the people that are putting uh, Queensland uh, at risk. So we ask people to uh, try and get across it. It normally does take a couple of days for the community uh, to catch up with the system. And we will see improvements over the coming days.
2: Yeah, Mark, that must be so annoying to your, to, you know, to your troops who are out there, um, you know, Doing trying to do their job. best. Yeah, at Christmas time, a lot of them having their holidays rescinded. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much again, Mark.
11: Thanks, How Hold
0: up.
3: We're joined now by Northern Beaches Mayor Michael Regan. Uh, Michael, very good morning to you. Thank you for being with us. Um, How's the community responding to to these eased restrictions?
12: Look, there's a mixture of um, relief that there's some restrictions eased, there's a relief, uh, there's some anger in terms of it hasn't gone far enough, some confusion. Um, But I think overall it's a positive that, you know, they made the hard yards and they're getting some restrictions lifted and that's a positive.
2: This is a very compliant area, isn't it? People will sort of do the right thing as much as they they, they possibly can and we've seen that with the, the rates that they've gone out and got tested, they were wearing masks, they were isolating before, you know, it was even mandated. Are you confident that residents there will do the right thing?
12: i really am i spoke to the local area commander this morning and she and i had a good discussion about that and um there'll be a very high police uh, presence uh, they've done a fantastic job mixing with the community just to make sure that they're doing the right thing and they've been as you said broadly compliant and they have no reason to say that they won't be over the next three days so yeah confident
3: Uh, Michael, you mentioned that, you know, there has been a little bit of confusion uh, with regards to some of the restrictions and the rules. No one one can leave the Northern Beaches bubble, but residents who live in the southern zone can have visitors come to them from across the city. Is that right? And do you you think that's That's wise? That's right, but
12: we can't go out. Yeah. Yeah. uh... What
2: what do you think of that? I mean, there are some some epidemiologists who say that this was an emotive response and that really isn't safe.
12: Look, I'm not going to criticise because I think I'm glad we, we really did the heavy lifting. Uh, we started the heavy lifting. We did all the testing, as you mentioned, very compliant. We went into the voluntary lockdown. Businesses have got smashed um, and they are in a terrible state. But do you know what? Typical than all the beaches, businesses and community here, they just donated all their excess stock to community groups and charities wow. and things. So um, having the people come in, it is... An interesting decision but you know what we'll take it because it means we can see more family and friends and it is a reward and it's being sold as a bit of a reward so let's just hope that people do the right thing and you know what I'm hearing a lot of people saying that yeah we could come and visit you but we're going to stay out because we just don't want to see it go back so that's from people in Greater Sydney so I think that's a good positive message so you know what let's give credit where credit's due maybe they got it right.
6: Mm.
2: Michael Regan thank you so much you know wishing you and everybody on the Northern Beaches all the very best for, for tomorrow.
12: Now, thank you and back at you all and Merry Christmas and thanks yeah. for um, keeping us all informed and updated. Much and appreciated. And all
2: in the days ahead as well. Thank you.
3: To answer your questions, infectious diseases expert Professor Reiner McIntyre joins us now. Professor, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Let's start in New South Wales uh, where there's still a fair bit of confusion uh, over some of the changes to these restrictions. Curtis in Sydney wants to know uh, if it's 10 people, including the residents of the home, or is it 10 guests plus uh, the residents that are allowed?
13: I believe
2: it's 10 guests plus Okay, Sophie in Sydney wants to know if there are more than 140 venues in Sydney on the COVID watch list right now and a family member has visited one of them and returned a negative test, is it safe to see them for Christmas?
13: The timing of the test depends on whether it's positive or not in a person who's infected. So if they're very early in the incubation period, um, they might be negative but become positive later. So I think you need to look at the timing of when they visited the venue. So if they visited the venue two weeks ago or or close to two weeks ago, it's probably fine. If it was in the last week, then... um, you know, I think take precautions, keep the windows and doors open, wear masks in the house, except when you're eating and drinking and keep your distance. Mm.
3: Uh, Moving on to Victoria, interesting question from Emma, who wants to know if she can have 30 people from one side of the family in the morning and then another 30 in the afternoon.
13: I'm not sure what the rules are in Victoria. (laughs) Um, Obviously the more gatherings you have in one day, 30 is a lot of people. Um, the more the risk. Um, We do know that, you know, Victoria seems to be okay even though you've had an imported case from New South Wales. Um, I think just check your state's regulations. Yeah.
2: Uh, Rhina, this is a really good one and relates to so many people. Harry from Queensland writes, I got tested in Queensland. I don't have any symptoms, but if I don't get my results before Christmas day, do I have to spend it alone?
13: Well, the rule is you self-isolate for two weeks. So you do need to follow those rules.
2: Even if you have had a test and you don't have symptoms yeah. and you haven't been to any of the hotspots, but you just sort of did it as a precaution, do you still have to isolate?
13: Uh, you, you need to check with the health department what their rules are. Right. If they tell you to isolate, then you should. But there should there must have been a reason why, if there's if you have the test for no reason in a state where there's really not any community transmission. Um, you know you've got to think about the consequences as well yeah
3: you're right though mon there is a there's a little bit of gray area there isn't there, there, there is um uh, just uh, just finally uh, professor talia lives on the northern beaches in sydney wants to know if residents should be wearing uh masks at their christmas gatherings
13: i think so they, they will be at my christmas gathering um i've asked everyone to bring a mask and i'm providing masks to i'm only having um, five people come over and um except when we're eating and drinking and we're going to eat and drink socially distanced, so not crowding around the dining table. And if you can, yeah.
2: yeah, do it outside, right?
13: Yeah, it's, my, ventilation makes a huge difference to the risk. So open all your doors and windows. If you can have it in the backyard or on the ba- balcony, do it there. If not, open all your doors and windows um, and just keep that distance between people.
2: And draw Santa on your mask or something, you know, equally hilarious. Uh, Rhina, Merry Christmas to you. Hope that you and your friends have a great time tomorrow. Thank you for being with us. And and for all of your insights over the, the
13: year. You've been just terrific.